we're changing directions today from defining who the great harlot, mother of harlots of Revelation 17 and 18 is. So I think we've pretty well exhaustively covered that. Um, I could have probably done it in one or two sermons and skipped over some, but I felt that it was a, a different enough approach that we needed to take time to go through those scriptures very carefully and see what the definitions really were, uh, because it was a change in our traditional view of the Catholic Church and of Mr. Armstrong's view to some degree. Um, before we get completely from that, I have a couple of quotes from uh, news sources that I want to uh, impart to you to sort of back up what we were saying. Uh, remember I'd made some comments about how the United States dollar and the U.S. economy are the only things that really could cause the whole world economy to crash. You know, if the South African RAND goes under, big deal. Or even the British pound, for that matter. The U.S. dollar is what the whole world economy is based upon. Here's an article from yesterday's uh, USA Today. China draws more foreign money than USA. Up until recently, the countries around the world were investing more money in the United States than anywhere else. Now they're investing more in China than they are here. That represents quite a change. Uh, quoting from this article, China attracted more foreign investment than the USA Today for the first time in 2002. The United Nations said Thursday in a report that showed a global investment plunge. Foreign direct investment into the USA fell from $144 billion in 2001 to $30 billion in 2002. Now that is not a minimal drop. From 144 billion to 30 billion? Well, it continues down 90% from the peak in 2000. The most foreign investment ever was in 2000 in the United States, and in 2002, it was 10% of that. Fast-growing China, meanwhile, attracted $53 billion in investments last year, up 12% from 2001. So we attracted 30, and they got $53 billion, which is almost twice as much. Perhaps you don't need to read, or, or I don't need to read the rest of that, but just to let you know that they're beginning now not to invest in the USA, and they're beginning to pull funds out of their investments in the USA and put them elsewhere. And they will gut what is left of our financial system if that continues, and I think that it will. Now, I quoted, uh, <clears throat> I think it was last week or the week before, how we are living in a budget deficit situation. And I sort of use a parallel of your home economy. If you're earning 2000 spending 4000 a month, what this does to you over time, it's getting worse. This is entitled Seeing Red, and it's from the September 8, 2003 uh, U.S. News and World Report. I quote, And you thought you were drowning in debt. 
Congressional analysts last week said the federal government will be in the hole for years to come. Specifically, says the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, the feds face a record $410 billion shortfall this fiscal year. In other words, we're spending $410 billion more than we're bringing in this year. And an even steeper $480 billion deficit in 2004. That is, unless we start spending even faster. Then it could be more than $480 billion. And get this. Over 10 years, the total will be a whopping $1.4 trillion. And double that if the recently enacted tax cuts are extended. $2.8 trillion. I presume a year, because they're talking about years. George Bush is managing this economy the way his friend Ken Lay managed Enron, fumed Florida Senator Bob Graham, a Democratic presidential hopeful. He's running it into the ground. End quote. How far away is the financial crash? I do not know. But with numbers like that, it could be most any time. Now, <clears throat> I was going to go directly into the scriptures today in Revelation 13, which describes a great economic and military beast uh, and a second beast that apparently combine to kill the whore. But before going into those scriptures directly, I want to address some information I have before me today. And I'm going to do quite a bit of reading, so uh, prop your eyelids up. I'll, I'll try not to do it in too much of a monotone. But uh, I want us to understand that Herbert Armstrong realized there were conspiracies. There are quite a few people who say there is no such thing as a worldwide conspiracy that there aren't things going on behind the scenes, uh, that there are no secret societies who are trying to rule the world. There are people who will absolutely deny that. So I want to read quite a few quotes from Herbert W. Armstrong, going back as far as 1945. And I think that this will be eye-opening. Here's a quote from Herbert Armstrong. Forces are at work today on plans, programs, conspiracies, movements that soon will erupt into a world explosion of violence and chaos such as never happened before and never will again. Quoting from the United States and Britain and Prophecy. We are fast approaching the final grand smash explosion that is going to stagger the mind of man beyond the bounds of sanity. The great world powers are formulating their policies, laying their plans. These colossal world events, shrinking the first two world wars into, in, into insignificance, will come, but not until the warning has been made available for those whose eyes are willing to see. Is it too late 
have our leaders become so steeped in a deceptive false education, so stultified that they cannot be aroused from slumber? And I question whether the church has also reached that point today. People who loudly profess to want to do, listen to this, people who loudly profess to want to do God's will usually will not accept God's word as being his will unless it is their will. That is a mouthful. That's worth a sermon. I know people today who will not accept keeping God's holy days when God prescribes it by the moon. They can be shown it in black and white in God's word, but they will not make it their will because it's not what they want to do. He continues, perhaps only one lone voice is warning you, but God used one lone voice to warn the world in Noah's day, one lone voice in Elijah's day, one lone voice in the day of John the Baptist, and after the majority of sinning people, what, wait a minute, oh, one, and after John the Baptist was put in prison, one voice in the purse of Christ, person of Christ himself. If you rely on the majority of sinning people, you will suffer their penalties with them. The majority is always wrong. This next one is titled, Satan the Master Conspirator, and it's from the incredible human potential. It is not intellectually fashionable today to believe in the actual existence of a devil, but biblical revelation proclaims it true. Christ's message revealed the advanced news of the total abolition of Satan's power over the world and his banishment from the earth. It revealed that Christ was coming as his successor to take over the rule of all nations. In Satan's mind, it was necessary for him to go all out to prevent that message from going to the world. As Christ's apostles went out, as he commissioned them to proclaim his message to the world, God's church was raised up to back the proclaiming of the message. The church began to grow, then caught fire and multiplied. But Satan connived to set up a powerful Gentile religious leader with a counterfeit religion, the ancient Babylonian mystery religion. He hatched a counterfeit gospel. He even appropriated the name of Christ, calling that religion Christianity. And the Catholic Church certainly is founded on Babylonian paganism. But then so is the United States government and our entire culture based on that. There ensued the lost century in the history of the true church of God. There was a well-organized conspiracy to blot out all record of church history during that period. So from the time John, the Apostle John quit writing in the late 90s A.D., for a hundred years there is hardly any record of true Christianity in profane history. Satan tried to blot it all out. He tried to blot out that early New Testament church, and he is going to do his absolute best to blot out the end-time church. That is what we have just before us. It is a conspiracy by Satan through men to destroy us. 
So says Herbert Armstrong. Here's one. These, these are different types of conspiracies he talks about. First of all, Satan being the master conspirator. You can see why Satan would not be happy to have this read today. This one is entitled, Educational Conspiracies. <clears throat> Again, quoting Herbert Armstrong, this is for, from The Shocking Truth About Schools and Colleges, uh, reprint article from the 1961 Plain Truth. The most diabolical conspiracy of all time against you, your child, and humanity is here for the first time exposed. You need to know the eye-opening facts. Today, an evil conspiracy is infusing diabolical leaven into the process of disseminating knowledge. It is injecting mental and spiritual poison into the plastic, unsuspecting minds of children and youths. This conspiracy is fairly designed to destroy mankind. He's talking about our whole educational system being a conspiracy to destroy our children. And he's absolutely correct. In just the past two generations, a new trend has marked a turning point in modern education. This new trend has been so subtly introduced and manipulated that the real plot, a plot is a conspiracy, and its authors have been unrecognized. Of course, many educators do recognize that there is a dangerous drift into materialism and collectivism, but they are unaware of the underlying master plan and its real satanic authorship. Evolution is only part of that story. But what of the diabolical plot to destroy all humanity through education? How could any such objective be accomplished? Who are the subtle satanic forces working undercover to perpetrate it? It has been manipulated so subtly and shrewdly that even when it is exposed and laid bare, most educators will be unable to recognize it. Its leaven had already been implanted within their minds. Who? is perpetrating this master plan of the ages. Satan never appears as a red devil with horns, a tail, and a pitchfork. He appears as an angel of light and truth. His method is deception. But how has he succeeded in deceiving all nations? By introducing a system of false education. We have millions of textbooks, but the diabolical subtle power behind this conspiracy to poison all human minds and deceive all nations, Satan the devil had so manipulated his plot that when printing was invented, the only leaders in education who could write the new textbooks had been inoculated from early childhood with the paganized education. By controlling the system of education, by getting human minds poisoned with materialism and false values from very childhood, Satan has manipulated the most diabolical master plot of the ages. So, there is a conspiracy in the educational system of the world. Then he talks about communist conspiracies. Uh, this is quoted from the Plain Truth, May 71. The communists are past masters in the art of misleading, confusing, deceiving the minds of enemy populations. They admit pure communism cannot be practiced or bring its people its promised benefits until the whole world is under its sway. It is worldwide revolution, a conspiracy to overthrow all governments in all countries. 
I spent some time covering that in the series about the Edomites, in the Minor Prophet series, showing that New York Jews put down their aprons, quit minding their stores, changed their names to Russian names, went to Russia during the revolution there, and helped mastermind that revolution, killing millions of people, came back, wiped their hands, put their aprons back on, and went, be, went on being New York Jews. It is a worldwide revolution. There are co-conspirators in many nations who are working together to try to formulate this New World Order. And we'll have quite a little to say about the New World Order in some more quotes from Herbert Armstrong. Communism, of course, is many things. It is a doctrine based on the theories of Marx and Engels. It is a revolutionary program. It is relentless class war. It is a radical philosophy of history. It is a radical philosophy of society. It is a social system. It is an economic system. It is a political strategy. It is a world conspiracy. This is a quote from... Plain Truth, February 1962, Herbert Armstrong. Continuing from that, uh, this, oh, no, this is August 68, Education and Chaos by Herbert Armstrong. For some years now, communists have been seeking to make inroads in the educational system of the Western world. Many faculty members have absorbed the communist ideology. A good, goodly number are devoted to it. You need to realize that these riots, these student demonstrations, which we were having back in the 60s, uh, are highly organized. It is part of the communist plan to overthrow the governments of the free world. Why can't people realize that much, if not most, of the racial strife, the riots, the looting, the violence and killings are communist planned and directed by those highly trained in the crusade to strangle the whole world with communism? Here's one personal from the editor, Plain Truth, March 69. Why are people, especially in the U.S. and Britain, so blind? Why so naive? Why are our people unable to recognize the communist line, the communist plan and conspiracy in college and university riots and propaganda accusing police brutality in Black Power, Black Panther, and other slogans, even in civil disobedience and nonviolent movements of protests which lead to violence. <clears throat> this is from the Plain Truth, November 72. He had just had a meeting with President Suharto of Indonesia. President Suharto made it very plain to me that his guard was up. He is very conscious of the underlying motives and goals of communism and of its methods, the overthrow of all other governments. I told the president how pleased I was to learn of his concern about subversion in the free nations since people and leaders in other areas of the world are sometimes tragically unaware of this living threat to their freedom, their way of life, and their very existence. Here's a quote from uh, Plain Truth, 1949. I'm going to break in the middle of this <clears throat> because here's a... Very good statement. If they, speaking of the communists here, if they can wreck your religion, that makes you just so much easier to capture and enslave. 
1949. What has happened to our religion? It has been basically destroyed, except for a few who are hanging on. And in destroying our doctrine, they enable us to be destroyed as a group. Bakioki admits to having been a Jesuit. Maybe he has repented, maybe he hasn't. My personal feeling is he hasn't. I'm not throwing mud at him. I'm giving you my personal feeling. That is not an accusation. That is a personal feeling. There's a difference when it goes to court. Did Tkach, or was Tkach, part of a conspiracy to overthrow our religion and make us able to be captured and made slave to this world? Continuing by, from Mr. Armstrong, of this modern-day Russia, leading as allies China and many Oriental nations and utilizing their manpower, Almighty God says, Thus says the Eternal God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Meshach and Tubal. If the Almighty God says he is against this communist conspiracy, now plotting to conquer and rule the world, we too should be against it. So he's saying there is a communist conspiracy to rule the world. We've got an education conspiracy, a communist conspiracy. There are, there's more. He continues, Communism is a conspiracy to take from us by deception, by trickery, by the most infamous, infamous fifth column tactics ever employed, and finally by violent force, the birthright promise of God which we hold. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly and utterly destroy this diabolical, satanic, conspiracy that is deceiving and misleading so many. Plain truth, January, February 1949. Then the subject goes to media conspiracy. Someone just picked out different quotes from Mr. Armstrong on these various types of conspiracies that he wrote about, knew about. Um... This is from the U.S. and B.C. in Prophecy, page 225. When Radio Luxembourg was no longer effective for this message, God raised up broadcasting station on ships anchored just outside Britain's jurisdiction. That was back in the 60s. We had the so-called pirate ships off the coast of England uh, where they couldn't regulate them. <clears throat> the world tomorrow was then thundered all over all of Britain daily from seven of these ships. They were not illegal. They violated no law of man. They did proclaim faithfully the law of God, but the British authorities falsely called them pirate ships. Well, they weren't controlled by the BBC, so they were pirates as far as the BBC and the government were concerned. They were not marauders. They did not invade the land and pillage or steal. They harmed no one. But most governments of man would like to control whatever their people hear or do or do not hear. They want to control your thinking for you. Do we see that in America today with the pablum we get from the media, not letting us know what's really happening? Then he goes on to U.S. government conspiracies. Ooh, now we're getting close to home. Now this was from 1979. 
fact, this letter, co-worker letter, January 7th, 1979, right after the state of California came in and took over the church. Uh, God has given his work a tremendous victory against the most monstrous conspiracy and attack Satan ever launched against God's work. Mr. Armstrong was given to uh, exaggeration in some respects. I think that the conspiracy that was issued against the church in the first century was masterminded by Satan and was a very powerful conspiracy, so I don't know that the one in 1979 was any worse, but certainly on a par with it, I would say. You've probably heard, read of the outrageous false charges against me in eight-column banner headlines or heard it on TV news, but we were vindicated in the court, the conspiracy actually triggered by Satan broken. To give you the complete story of this outrageous conspiracy, Satan's most monstrous attempt to destroy the church and work of the living God, I need to reveal to you events and facts going back ten years or more. <clears throat> Cutting in again, brethren, there has been a conspiracy against this work, although I ascribe it primarily to Satan, who can deceive men into doing his destructive work. Last Wednesday, we had the astonishing situation of Christ's apostle having been put out of God's church under authority of the state government, and Wayne Cole made the head of the church by the state civil government. And that in a country whose very constitution provides separation of church and state. I have never heard of such a thing in all my life. We'll hear of it again. Because the government is going to come down on churches. And it's going to come down on this church. Guarantee you. Satan hates us. Another co-worker letter, 18th of January, 79. I want you to know all the facts about this master blow of Satan to destroy the church of God through the civil power of the state in flagrant violation of the Constitution of the U.S. Satan was back of it, but some members or former members, some perhaps sincere but misled, were in a conspiracy to bring this outrageous thing upon us. Dr. Herman Hay was being innocently drawn into this conspiracy. He sure uses that word a lot, doesn't he? But God opened his eyes to see what really was going on, and he rushed to our church attorney, Ralph Helge, with a statement revealing the whole conspiracy. Satan masterminded it, but Satan used members and former members, uh, although a few others were in on the conspiracy, but kept their names out of it. We have been put in the position of fighting the battle of freedom of religion from the state. Now we have Nazi-German conspiracies. Hmm. Two years before the war ended, the German generals, the German industrialists, German bankers, German scientists... In fact, nearly all leading Nazis except Hitler knew Germany had lost the war. Two years before the fighting stopped, the most thoroughly organized secret government of modern history went into action underground. That, by definition, is a conspiracy. Continuing to quote, What the Nazis of the Fatherland have been doing added to what Mother Rome has been doing, secretly and undercover, or combining to bring forth a danger to America and the true Christian religion far greater than any threat from Russia. Let's see when this was written. November 1949, plain true. That's a long way back. <clears throat> the leaders, continuing the quote, the leaders of this superbly organized underground army are military experts 
bankers, industrialists, scientists, artists, educators, clergymen. Now, when you read books about the great conspiracies, what does it talk about? Industrialists, bankers, behind the scenes with a conspiracy to rule the world. And part of it, in fact, maybe the real workings of it are rooted in Germany and in the rest of Europe, for that matter. Uh, it is perhaps the most efficient human organization on Earth. While in its present secret war, this organization went underground on May 16, 1943. This body actually began working together to perfect its strategy in August 1918, headed by General Ludendorff. Ever since then, the secret army has been developing a system of financial and political structures which encompass the world and reach its tentacles into many nations. A worldwide conspiracy. And today these German strategists feel sure they can rely on the credulity, the love of peace, the trustfulness, the gullibility of the democracies, as well as on the fanaticism of the German people, once they are prepared again to arouse them. An underground is an organized movement which operates secretly, anonymously, undercover. Its existence is known only to its trusted members. He knew about secret societies, didn't he? And to the world only by the effects of its actions. You heard about the New York blackout in the sermonette and how it had everything to do with the occult, everything to do with the New World Order starting to take charge and do its thing soon after the lights went out in New York as quoted from way back. Not after it happened, but before it happened. So we only knew of that conspiracy by the action that was taken. And most people to this day don't understand why the New York blackout occurred. Again, quoting from the November 49 Plain Truth. The truth is, Hitler was merely the tool of Ludendorff and his military movement and of the secret industrialist society, maybe even an unknown tool. He was the rabble-rouser they needed to sway the masses of the German people behind their fanatical plot for world rule. The world heard and saw Hitler. These real promoters and backers kept in the background. If Hitler failed in this second round of world wars, they planned to let him shoulder the blame before the world and keep themselves free to secretly plot the third round. And that's what they did, didn't they? They blamed it all on Hitler, went underground, and they're plotting World War III today. From now on, German industry must lead a double life. To the world's view, they became again merely private businessmen, but secretly they collaborated fully with the outlawed Nazis. Their job is to keep German industry ready to produce the weapons and munitions for the third round of war. And the bankers like Rothschild are a part of that, and he's mentioned in all the conspiracy books. <coughs> Here's a section about Catholic conspiracies. The greatest 
most diabolical conspiracy of the entire history of mankind enters during the time of the apostolic church. It was a conspiracy to unseat the religion of pagan Rome and replace it with the religion of ancient Assyria and Babylon. Yet it was also a plot to destroy the true religion of Jesus Christ. These pagan religious leaders knew well that control of the religion of a state meant control of political rule of that state. Their ambition went far beyond national boundary lines, that is, into other countries and worldwide. Uh, instead of taking control of religion by means of first grabbing political power by conquest and force of arms, as has always been done, these conspirators, conspirators plotted to first gain universal religious control, which automatically, without military power, would enable them to seize the reins of government. Never had this been done. It was a colossal conspiracy. Mr. Armstrong didn't say it was a conspiracy. It was a colossal conspiracy. Conspiracy is something done in secret between two or more people. These conspirators were entirely familiar with the Trojan horse tactic, which today has come to be called the fifth column. They themselves would become fifth columnists. They would pretend conversion, get on the inside, become leaders. We've seen that, haven't we? Painfully, we have seen that. They would, pre oh, let's see. They would, there they would suddenly work to discredit the true leaders as they gained greater and greater numbers under their leadership, accusing and discrediting God's true ministers, they would, in time, come into leadership of the overwhelming majority. That could even happen here, couldn't it? And they could brand God's true leaders as heretics, casting them out and claiming themselves to be leaders of the universal or Catholic church. In the Bible, the true Christians, Christians are called sheep. The true ministers are called shepherds. The comparison is apt. Unless a shepherd watches over and protects his flock continually, they wander astray or dogs or wolves devour them. So it is with God's true people. And he quotes then Jesus Christ warning about prophets, false prophets coming in sheep's clothing in Matthew 7. Uh, Paul warning the leaders at Ephesus about how grievous wolves would enter in. And those wolves did enter into the early New Testament church. And again quoting, they and the false and unconverted members they brought in were not the original true church gone wrong. They were conspirators, plotters who schemed to enter in and gain control. They never were the original true church of God, nor any part of it. They were pagan leaders of the religion of Babylon from the beginning. You read of their conspiracy all through the New Testament. You read of it in the prophecies of the Old Testament. Uh, it is the same daughter of ancient Babylon who is to lay the yoke of captivity and slavery on America and Britain. Does that sound like what we've been hearing the last few weeks? That that yoke of captivity is now on Israel as a people under Babylonian government. This is July 1962, Herbert W. Armstrong in the Blaine Tree. Wow.
Let's see, this is from Plain Truth, June 63, Herbert Armstrong. The church surcharged with the mighty power of God's Spirit, mushroomed and multiplied in growth and power. Its influence was soon felt. Now Satan began to hurl at the church every diabolical opposition. Then came the third and most effective opposition. This was Satan's master conspiracy. This was a pure pagan opposition. Satan's instruments were the priests of the Babylonian mystery religion. Were we infiltrated by Jesuits? The great conspiracy, he says. Today the whole shocking story stands revealed. The plot, the date, the very man Satan used in starting it, all are now revealed. He's speaking of the uh, Simon Magus conspiracy that Ernest Martin brought out in a series of articles in the 60s. see. Here again he says Satan is a real being, and even less does the world recognize that Roman Catholicism and Satan's religious counterfeit, using religion as its means of gaining political control over society, education, then finally over government and economics. And I think when we get into Revelation 13, you're going to see that a religious beast goes hand in glove with a military economic beast to do just that. I think Mr. Armstrong was wrong <clears throat> about who the great whore was, but I think the second beast of Revelation will be revealed as the Catholic and Protestant churches. Here again, this is from the Plain Truth, October 51. Now, this is from uh, Plain Truth, December 1948. It could not be broadcast. You read nothing or read nothing of it in the newspapers, but now it can be told to readers of the plain truth. The inside facts of the most significant event at the San Francisco United Nations Conference. Where did Gorbachev move to and set up his office? San Francisco. It was prophetic. Already it is changing the course of the world. It was not an official United Nations meeting. It was not a secret meeting. It was a solemn pontifical mass staged by the Roman Catholic Church. Never had we seen such an elaborate ritual and ceremony, all the pomp and gorgeous display of ancient Babylon, decked out in gold and purple and scarlet. But all this was of no special significance. It was merely elaborate stage setting for that which was of prophetic significance touching off the spark of a movement to change the course of the world. It was the sermon that shot forth that spark, impregnating the minds of world leaders in attendance. This amazing sermon was delivered by a, a foremost radio speaker of the Catholic Church, Bishop Dwayne G. Hunt of Salt Lake City. The Catholic hierarchy was well aware that the United Nations Conference was producing nothing but strife and bickering. In 1948, the United Nations was just getting started, and nobody could agree on who would rule the world, so they bickered and fought. Yet world leaders were pronouncing it the world's last hope. 1948, the United Nations is the world's last hope. And in this solemn hour, amid the psychological buildup of this impressive service, 
this dynamic Catholic speaker with ringing voice offered these world politicians the last straw for their drowning nations to grasp. Without divine help, he assured them, the United Nations structure is doomed to collapse. That divine aid was offered through the Roman Catholic Church. Without the guidance, supervision, authority of the Catholic Church, he told this men, these men, they were laboring in vain. Few of the 10,000 in that vast audience recognized that they were actually seeing launched before their very eyes a campaign to rule the world. Here in this masterful address, so impressively delivered before world leaders, was the psychological seed destined to unite under Catholicism a Europe that will resurrect the Holy Roman Empire. Through the ages of the United Nations and secret societies in Europe and America. Continuing the quote, Thus, once this empire is revived in Europe, and by United States help at that, so gullible are we and dull of understanding, the newborn, fascist Nazi military power will without warning destroy American and British cities overnight with atomic bombs, conquering our peoples, taking our survivors to Europe as their slaves. It is time someone dares to shout to this nation and all the world the truth. The time will come soon when every organized pressure will be exerted to silence this warning message. Whether political silencing or from within. The facts contained in this article, I know, are sensational, and it takes courage to tell you these facts. But so long as faithful co-workers stand by me, hold up my hands, and the eternal God permits me to continue and wills that I shall, no power on earth can stop this message of the Almighty God for these last days of this world. Plain Truth, December 1948. Then he goes into ministerial conspiracies. He talks about the Good News 1983, how there was a conspiracy of the chief priests to kill Christ. Here's a co-worker letter, 24th February 1979, not long after the California takeover. It was revealed to me that those liberal ministers were secretly in on this, government persecution, hoping themselves to take over the leadership of God's church. There really was a conspiracy, which I sensed at least four years ago, but now God is cleaning house. And he's still cleaning house. Well, let's see, what else do I... This is all good, but... I don't want to take a lot of time. Then he goes back showing how there was a conspiracy in the ministry back in the uh, Sardis Church in Oregon to get him kicked out of being in the ministry by a one Mr. Oberg. He calls it a plot, a plot, and a conspiracy. I, I don't want to take the time to read all that, but it's in the autobiography, Plain Truth, August 61. The autobiography was printed in the Plain Truth <coughs> before it ever became a book. Now, to change it a little bit, these are still quotes from, mainly from Herbert Armstrong. Um, 
he says, in a secret, or let's see, I guess this is a quote, in a secret plot to conquer the United States, Germany is strategically positioning herself behind the facade of a peacekeeping new world order. This is long before George Bush Sr. said anything about it. This is written in Plain Truth, October 62, but Mr. Armstrong is talking about 1945. He says, what a year 1945 was. It was not only the end of World War II, the historic San Francisco conference planning the United Nations, but also the start of daily broadcasting of the world tomorrow heard nationwide. While attending the San Francisco conference, I spoke on Wednesday night. You know, that's a thought. Uh, I tried to find years that you might begin the 70 years and come up with 33 when the church was organized on October 21st or 18th, and then when the broadcast and the plain truth began in January of 34. He said 1945 was an important year. So if you want some more time, uh, we could shove it up to 1945 maybe. I say that partially tongue-in-cheek, but who knows when God started counting. He says, while attending the San Francisco conference, I spoke on Wednesday night, May 9th, at the auditorium in Native Sons Building to an audience of listeners to the world tomorrow. What I said that night might be of some interest. So he's quoting what he said in 1945 here in, what was it, 1983, something like that. 62, excuse me. Uh... Here's what he said. He said, I have my notes on file. Here's a brief summary of what he had said in 1945. This San Francisco conference is the greatest, most important conference of heads of nations ever held in world history. Here, the top statesmen of the whole world. an armed organization with the power of armed force to guarantee world peace. We need to wake up and realize that right now is the most dangerous moment in United States national history instead of assuming we now have peace. He said the United Nations forming in 1945 was the most dangerous threat the United States had ever faced. Fast forward to 2003. And I don't know what the final configuration is going to be, but the UN is probably going to be involved. He says, We don't understand German thoroughness. From the very start of World War II, they have considered the possibility of losing the second round as they did the first, and they have carefully, methodically planned, in such eventuality, the third round, World War III. Hitler has lost. This round of war in Europe is over. This is 1945 again. 
and the Nazis have now gone underground. In France and Norway, they learn how effectively an, unor an organized underground can hamper occupation and control of a country. Paris was liberated by the French underground and allied armies. Now a Nazi underground is methodically planned. The Bible foretells that third round and it spells doom for us as God's punishment because we as a nation have forsaken him and his ways. The third round is termed in prophecy an invasion by Babylon, a resurrected Roman Empire, U.S. of Europe. Of course, he didn't understand that we're the Babylon that gets destroyed by the big beast, which I think we can see now. But he had the general flow pretty well right. This Nazi underground will be organized in the United States. Interesting statement. Its apparent purpose will be to fight communism. Outwardly, that's their idea. We're here to fight communism. It will be a far-rightist movement. It will pretend to be 100% American. Apple pie, Chevrolet, you know. But, but it will introduce a new kind of internal warfare and sabotage to divide and conquer. It will stir race hatred, place class prejudice, strife among ourselves, religious bigotry while professing to champion religious tolerance, especially toward the religion of the coming United States of Europe. Sounds like terrorism, doesn't it? How prophetic those words were. Of course, he's speaking today, he says, 17 years later, they are proving true because they were based on the prophecies of God. This United Nations organization started the idea, planted it in men's minds, of uniting nations together. It paved the way for the prophesied resurrection of the Roman Empire by a United States of Europe, uniting nations together is in the air. Well, when you really get into the conspiracy books and you understand, this started hundreds of years ago with secret societies, and they're now bringing their plan to fruition. Uh, this is from the Plain Truth, November 53. For thousands of years, certain men have sought to control the world. That is the definition of a conspiracy. I know I'm going over and over and over in this, but he wrote a lot about it. Secretly operating with the most clever ruse, there are nations within the Western camp who only await the time when they can come into the open to launch a stunning attack that will shake this world to its foundations and crush American might before the communists will be able to launch their planned final attack. The blitzkrieg would come before the Russian bear could move. And, of course, the Russian bear has gone into hibernation now. So he was certainly right. In his book, Germany Plots with the Kremlin, published this spring, T.H. Tetons reveals the startling facts that in Madrid, Spain, the country with which America has just concluded a treaty, this was written again in 53, uh, a German geopolitical center is established which covertly attempts to mold the foreign and domestic policy of German government. This group, composed of ex-Nazi, in quotes, ex-Nazi, businessmen, <coughs> military advisors and analysts, publishes a circular letter which is a general staff plan for a new German approach to divide and conquer the world. The following shocking extracts reveal how the Germans are planning to fulfill their mission of world leadership. 
In answer to the question, has Germany any obligation toward the United States, the Madrid Circular Letter says, it must not be our worry but theirs, America's, if in the last resort their calculations prove to be abysmally stupid. For us, the war has never stopped. The letter continues to explain. Now listen to this. The letter, this was in 1953, okay? The letter continues to explain that economic difficulties will one day plunge the United States down from its present-day dizzy heights. Such a catastrophe can be brought about through crafty manipulations and through artificially engineered crises. Have we seen any of that? Such a prospect would open tremendous possibilities for the future power position of a bloc introducing a new order in the world. Germany heading a united Europe. Does the new world order have its roots in Europe and Germany? Such are the views of religious publication, Christ and Felt, about a proposed new order, a fascist new order. Well, let me read this next paragraph. Conspiracy with the Vatican. Last summer we reported in the columns of this magazine the stupendous revelation of the Pope's secret plans for peace. In that issue, we reported to you about the secret collaboration between the Nazi underground and Vatican representatives. The following is a vitally important statement made in the same Madrid circular letter. The world is longing today for the millennium. In the role of champion for peace, we would gain stature in world public opinion. Europe would then be willing to follow German leadership. This is Germans planning this. Think of it. German leaders professing peace in collaboration with the West in order to build themselves a firm foundation for world conquest and uniting with the Church in order to cement Europe's quarreling nations into a united front against East and West. Strange as this plot for world control may appear, it is being planned today and among nations allied with the West. Our friends are conspiring against us. In future articles of The Plain Truth, we will reveal many of the prophesied details that are soon to happen. How Europe will unite under the influence of the Vatican and a revived Germany. How America will be conquered. And finally, how there will be another religious persecution in order to establish a fascist new world order guaranteed by the Church to bring peace. 1953. I missed that in 1953. I didn't know too much about a new world order then, but I smell it now. A new world odor, I call it. All right, this is a more modern quote. <clears throat> the following is a transcript of the 6 p.m. news report on KTMS-TV El Paso, Texas, for February 18, 1993, reporter Mark Pettinger. The German def defense minister, Ruag, who is still inside the German Air Force Air Defense School, 
is here to check up on his troops to see what kind of training they're getting now that there are 500 soldiers stationed here at Fort Bliss in the Air Force, El Paso. He was in Washington, D.C. yesterday to talk to U.S. Secretary of Defense Les Aspen about the new role for the United Germany in defending the world. The defense minister would like to see German forces take part in UN missions and already in other parts of the world. They are taking part in peacekeeping missions. Listen to this. This is just one of 54 locations across the U.S. where German troops do train. As of July 1994, 600 UN troops wearing black uniforms and blue armbands were reported to be stationed in the area of Dulce, New Mexico. Dulce in Spanish is sweet. Something sweet. This isn't very sweet. This is an area with a long history of black helicopter sightings. As of late 1994, reports were arriving fast and furious of curious troop movements and materiel shipments in the U.S. The following are just a few of these reports. A Marine sergeant reports that there are 40,000 U.N. troops based in San Diego. A report issued from Anchorage, Alaska states that there are 14,000 U.N. troops stationed there. They are black uniforms, uniformed, have black vehicles and semi-automatic rifles. That's quoted from Jim Keith, Black Helicopters Over America and Strike Force for the New World Order, page 6263. Yet a leading evangelist said that there are no such thing as black heliocopters. But I have seen them all across this country with no markings on them. I have seen them in Alaska, uh, Carolinas, uh, Colorado, flying right over my house. I have seen them right here and right within half mile to a mile of our land that we bought about two or three months ago. I saw a UN marked Jeep Cherokee near Zion Park about three months ago. These I saw with mine own eyes. Uh, let's see, here's a quote from, uh, I guess most of this is from the uh, Wall Street Journal. The U.S. government has invited Germany to build permanent military training facilities within the continental U.S. How convenient. That region's economy will be helped for now, and Germans, Germany's military will have living room to practice militarily in our clear, blue, wide-open spaces. Alamogordo, New Mexico, braces itself for an invasion by the Luftwaffe. With base, threat, base closings threatening other military towns, this desert outpost is thrilled about the build-up plan for nearby Holloman Air Force Base. Since World War II, small contingents of foreign troops and officers have regularly attended U.S. military academies and trained at American bases. Pressed for space in their own densely populated country, German pilots and air defense crews have trained in the U.S. since the 60s. For the past three years, Holloman has played host to a small German fighter jet training squadron, but now the German Air Force has something much grander planned for Alamogordo, a town built by the railroads nearly a century ago. At the invitation of the U.S. government, Germany is building a $35 million permanent training center at Holloman. By the end of next year, a dozen German tornado fighter bombers and more than 300 military personnel will have transferred to Holloman. 
If all goes well, the German presence is expected to more than triple by the end of the decade. This was written in 1995. Okay, one, one more here. Uh, this is from The Plain Truth, March, April, 1946. UN Security Council, New York Special. As Secretary of State Burns said in opening the first meeting of the Security Council of the United Nations today, this is a moment of great importance in the history of the world. With this meeting, the Security Council of the UN begins to function permanently and continuously. But what is being said in these opening speeches and what is being sent out from here to be read in newspapers throughout the world is not of itself important. What is important is what is still in the minds of multiple millions of Germans poisoned by Goebbels' propaganda and for which poison our occupation forces have no cure. This is 1946, remember. And this is Herbert Armstrong speaking. I write this from the press room of this temporary headquarters of the Security Council. The way to permanent peace I do not find here. But what I do find here is the way men and nations will insist upon following until the entire Babylonish world order finally topples to a self-imposed oblivion. Uh, and then from the plain truth, to September 1948, Herbert Armstrong, we know there is today a Hitler-planned underground actually fun functioning in the world, and it is not all in Germany either. He knew it was a worldwide conspiracy. So any of you who might not believe there's a conspiracy here at the end to rule the world, uh, you sure do disagree with Herbert W. Armstrong. That's all I can say for you. And I think when we go from here into the Scriptures next week, God willing, uh, and we can get on the phone, uh, everything in order, uh, we will begin to get into the scriptures themselves and see what God really says and then try to apply it to what we actually see happening in the world. But I thought it would be good to spend some time actually seeing that Mr. Armstrong realized a long time ago that the things were working behind the scenes that are secret, that are done by secret societies, and which are just now beginning to really come out in the open from the time... George Bush Sr. said that his people were a thousand points of light, that is, the illumined ones, or the Illuminati, and that there was a new world order coming. That's when it was publicly proclaimed. Now, these people must be about ready to light the torch because they are not completely hiding now, but they're coming out in the open here, there, and everywhere, and you hear a lot about a new world order now. Since George Bush Sr. opened the can, you've heard a lot about it in the last few years. So, it's a satanic conspiracy to rule the world, masterminded by him and put in the minds of men who really think they're doing the right thing. They know the world needs help. They think this is the right course of action to take. Kill 90% of the people on earth, and then the Illuminati will do wonderful things for the world. That's their idea. And we'll see how it is happening. But they also have Satan's vanity, his pride, his ego, 
his arrogance. So they're coming out in the open and telling us about it now before they actually do it. Because they just can't stand to do it without letting us know ahead of time, hey, we're about to put it to you boys and girls. That is the arrogance of a satanic mind. We're going to destroy you. Here's how we're going to do it. And then they will proceed. I don't think they would be coming out in the open with it unless they're getting fairly close to initiating it. But we'll see when that happens and how, and we'll go to the Scriptures next week. So we'll be dismissed for now.